0: Hey, what's going on, my friends? And welcome to another episode of the Awakened Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Patty. Hello, everyone. We are sitting here in our cold garage <laughs> yeah. in jackets and blankets, and it's very early in the morning.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Very appropriate for our episode today, which is all about parenting. Parenting as a, an awakened parent. <laughs> me and Patty get a lot of questions about this. Yes. And I always sort of was reserved to to do an episode on the topic because I know not all of my audience are parents, but I feel like the ones who are parents will really get a lot out of this one. So I said, you know what? Screw it. We haven't made a podcast episode in like two, three months. What's the difference? (laughs) Well, and
1: too, it's like a lot of people that are listening may eventually be parents at some point too. Yeah. You know, so...
0: So let's okay. get into it. Yeah. So we're not. <clears throat> yeah. You good? Yeah. You sure. <clears throat> you okay? Yeah. Just kidding, Miss Weston. <laughs> okay, my friends. It, it, it's been a while, and it feels good to be back. So let's get right into it. So we want to preface this by saying we're not parent experts. Nope. We, we, we're the more we go forward with our kids, which, by the way, we have three: a uh, five-year-old, a seven-year-old, and an eleven-year-old. The more we realize how much there is to learn about parenting, mm. it's a very challenging thing. So please take everything with, we say with a grain of salt. But for for a while, I had oh, almost like a too too humble of a stance on us as parents, you know, and thought, oh, who are we to say anything? <laughs> but we have come a long way. We yeah. have learned a lot, and I really wish we would have known the things we know now, you know, m- multiple years back. Yes, so hopefully, we can help that. some of you with some of the things we've learned. So anyways, one of the big things that Patty and I get asked all the time is, how do you teach your parent? How do you teach your kids to to meditate? And to what degree do you teach them about spirituality and spiritual awakening? Do you let them know about the shadow government? And at what mm-hmm. age, you know, <laughs> things like that? So Patty and I have always had a very relatively practical and pragmatic approach to that kind of thing. We don't go out of our way to educate them about our understanding of the world. And we really trust that they're going to come into their own awareness of how things work, if appropriate for them, if relevant in their own timing. Yeah. What we focus on is preserving their authenticity Yes. and allowing them to teach us because they, even though might not have the spiritual knowledge as we do, they have the spiritual wisdom already innate within them in a very deep and profound way. So, our, our whole angle is let them try to not mess them up, try to not, you know, try to preserve their, their innocence and their essence.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And anyway, in a, more, in a more direct way of answering that question, if we, we found that if we really want to influence our kids, we, we are the example.
1: Yes. Yes, it's it's really important. They don't, kids learn more from the things that you do rather than the things that you say, or especially like our oldest, she's 11. And if you tell her to do something or to not do something, she's going to do the opposite of what you said. And that's just, she's literally been that way since she was a little, little, little child. And, you know every child is different, right? But, and knowing where they're at and how they operate is so important. And as they get older, it becomes a little bit easier because there's been more years of development of their their own self. But yeah, leading by example is by far, I, I personally believe that's one of the most important things as a parent to do because they see you, they see how you react, they see how you do things and whether they agree with it or not, that influences them far more than if you say, oh, you should be kind. Right. You know, you should be this way. Well, it's like you should or shouldn't doesn't matter.
0: But what does mom and be? dad do? Yep yep yeah and even even like I know a lot of people are excited and they think it would be kind of a cool thing to teach their kids various things Mm -hmm. that have helped them which is totally understandable Mm -hmm. so something I've noticed it wasn't even a strategy just something I was I became aware of is that as an example I take my boys hiking quite a bit we're in Sedona right now and usually I like to get Nice and high, like nice nice and baked and and stoned. No, just kidding. Nice and high up on the mountains, I meant. Um, And then we chill for a while and the kids will play and they like to smash rocks together. And what I do is I will do Wim Hof breathing and like some other types of breath work and yoga. And almost every single time, once my, my two boys see me doing that, they join in. And in fact, my, my son, Luke has even, <laughs> he's developed his own energy work yeah. and he just came up with it and it involves, uh, absorbing the sun's energy and the earth's energy and letting it move through your body. And he, he loves, he loves to take his dad through a guided energy work session. He loves it. I, and, <laughs> so and it's so cool. And it's, if I would have said, Luke, we're doing breath work, he, yeah. would, he would have said, no, <laughs> you know, they would have yeah. rebelled, but they see us doing it and they like to follow suit. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're going to move on from that. That's been our whole, our, our, whole, our whole take on that matter. We don't go out of our way to teach our kids. We find that, again, leading by example is the, the best way. Um, number two, if, if there was one priority in, in terms of being a really good parent, um, we found, as indirect as it might seem, is do your own work. Because when you do your own work, you for one you minimize a lot of the conditioning that your parents sort of unconsciously imposed upon you you minimize a lot of that with your kids but also the more self-aware you become the more tuned in to your kid's psyche you become and you can see things and catch them kind of early on and i'll give an example that sounded probably vague the other day we we have this uh, a big backyard here in Sedona, and it's got all types of different. Fences. it's in a sense technically enclosed mm-hmm. but we have a real small dog uh boston terrier about what 15 pounds yeah, if she's you're lucky tiny soaking wet
1: boston, yeah yeah
0: and she can slip through these cracks we don't just let her out in the way we do in las vegas where she can just kind of run around and be out there all day we have to kind of be out there with her mm-hmm. and the family knows that but anyway the other day like two three days ago my son luke apparently let out the dog let out rosie and i was unaware of this and he knows better and I was like looking out her front window, and I saw her like in like deep in her front yard, and almost by the street. So I ran out, and I was like, "Rosie, come on in, come on in!" And brought her in. And of course, I was like, "Who let the dog out? That's not a good idea." Yada yada. And, and watch my her. son Dash, was like, "It was Luke." <laughs> <laughs> And Luke, you know, he felt bad and he he, and I was, you know, I I didn't really yell at him, but he could tell I was pissed and he could tell it was kind of a serious thing. It clicked with him finally.
1: Well, and and just as a side note, Rosie got out one time and like somebody found her. And so that was how we knew she could get out of the yard. And so that was like a whole thing. So he already had like this, we had already had her get out once. So this was like, he was feeling like, Oh God, I know better. Like, why'd I do that? You know?
0: Yeah. So he, he ran into his room all distraught and I, I, in the moment I knew he was like beating himself up in there, Mm -hmm. but my my eleven year old was like, Dad, you should let him fester there for a little while because that's a serious thing. Yeah, she loves her dog so much, but yeah. and I agreed. So it was a conscious way of dealing with him. I let him. I played, I think, one game of chess with my son. So about fifteen minutes later, I knew he was in there, still beating himself up. I wanted him to a little bit because he's he's very smart, but also very in a sense.
1: he He can be kind of like
0: lackadaisical at times. So I wanted him to really understand it is a serious thing. Mm -hmm. So, but about 15 minutes later, I went in there and sure enough, he's in his bed, he feels bad about himself. And, And then I could see like, okay, now he's just beating himself up. So I had about a five minute talk with him. I explained to him that we all make mistakes. I said, Luke, the last time I let Rosie out and I felt horrible about it. And I had to eventually forgive myself. And I explained to him like, it's, it's, it's one thing, there's a balance. It's good to be aware of our mistakes, but it's, it doesn't help us to beat ourselves up. And I was like, yeah. look, we all make mistakes. You know, I had like a nice little talk with him until I could see he let up on himself. Yeah. And I could see he smiled, his energy brightened. And seconds later, he was like, he just jetted out of the room because he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. So if I wasn't in tune with myself and doing my own shadow work, I would be unable to truly recognize the various states that my children go through and then know what to do to kind of either encourage them or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Right. Another thing happened yesterday. Remember that with Sebastian? They were playing my daughter and I'm <laughs> like,
1: and, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. My There's daughter so many things was every playing day. chess
0: with Sebastian. Oh yeah. Our youngest. Yes. And it's it's funny because my youngest five my five year old Sebastian, he's actually really good. Yes. And he actually poses a threat to my daughter who's eleven.
1: Yes. <laughs> and, and me too. <laughs>
0: and Patty, yeah. In, in fact, the funny thing is real quick side note, is our son Lucas, seven years old, he's the best. He's he, beat, the best he beats in the all family. of us most of the time. And I play every like five, six, seven, eight times a day with these kids. And he, anyway. Final yeah. side note, over. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so my daughter Maya was getting, like, really taking it very seriously, even she, though my son's only five, because he was posing a threat to her. Yeah, And, and eventually, <laughs> because my daughter's so stubborn and competitive, she, yeah. like, she, she, I forgot what they were arguing about, but it it's got to the point.
1: They, it, he, okay, so he did a move, and she killed his queen. If you know anything about chess, the queen is, like, the most... Like can move the most spaces and can do the most damage in the in the game, and so she killed his queen, and then he wanted to go back and like take back his move, and so he could keep his queen, and so th- it was like that was it. That was like this the straw that broke the camel's back with that. But
0: yeah, but my daughter was taking it so far that Sebastian, he said, he said, I have a stupid brain, I know, or a dumb uh, brain, or something like that. Stupid, we were like, yeah. what? What did you just say, bro? and he was just you could tell he was so mad and like like in such turmoil about this freaking chess move yeah. that i saw okay i saw like a a a, fi- a a you know like smoke to a fire that could eventually turn into a whole inferno so i said okay and i knew in that moment he needed a pep talk he uh-huh. needed to like be lifted out of that stinking thinking and beating himself up so I forgot what I said but I had like a little pep talk with them and I was like bro bash you beat me and I'm 36 years old and you beat <sighs> me multiple times the <laughs> fact that you're even competing with your 11 year olds is miraculous and I, I just said all this stuff to really to really um, extinguish that, that that energy state I could see because yeah. that be I, as young kids they're so impressionable that I, I realize if we can catch these things early, it doesn't have to become a lifelong pattern where he goes through life thinking his brain is dumb. I know people like that. Yeah, that one of my good friends is super smart. He's like this 20-year-old kid and he helps me with my business. He's a very, very extremely yeah. smart guy. That's why I let him in and I brainstorm with him and everything. But he had that issue growing up. He had, grew, grew up thinking he was dumb, but he's not. I so I don't want our kids having these false, negative, self-limiting beliefs. So, but as a conscious parent, one doing the work, you can catch these things. Yes. Anyway, and another big one. A lot of you probably know what we just said, but I think it bears repeating, even for us to hear. Mm-hmm. I wrote down number three, love. I wrote down Compromise. And what I mean by compromise is I know there was a time in our spiritual awakening when we were, we were becoming hip to how the world is, and we said, you know what, we're we're gonna feed our kids a certain way, we're gonna we're gonna shelter them from this insane controlling, you know, environment and world they're in and, and all this kind of stuff. We're gonna no TV, no this. And that was kind of our mindset. But it became, you know, just the way our life unfolded revealed to us that this is a bit extreme this is a bit unsustainable this is impractical and it might have even other consequences that you don't foresee for example if they grow up too sheltered too woo woo then they're not going to fit in they're going to feel socially awkward and this might not be empirically true this is just the evidence we were shown as we tried these things early on with our with our youngest kids
1: and and every kid is different right so like our our oldest she would for sure grow up feeling like awkward and like like, I don't have any friends and, and like that kind of thing. Lucas, he's like our social butterfly and he's so confident and like he'll go up to any kid and be like, do you want to play? Like, do you want to be my friend? Yeah. You know, so for him, it may not be that way. Uh, but, you know, I think that it is important to add in these different aspects of things that maybe, you know, it's, it's about balance, right? You don't have to let your kid be on the iPad all day you know, as like a babysitter, but to completely take that away from them and not have them use it at all. If they go to a friend's house and start, you know, going on the iPad, they're going to be like, well, it's the best thing ever. And then when they come home, they'll be all wired and like, you know, cranky and whatever else the iPad does for them. You yeah. Know, overstimulated.
0: Yeah. Well, a story that came to mind was years ago, we were going through this sort of battle where my daughter and all of her friends, they all want to be YouTubers. They all love the video games, ah, like the, the yeah. Fortnite, all that kind of stuff. And me, I did a little research. I even know people who used to work in these like video, I don't know what you would call it. They they, would, they worked for the companies who create these video games. Mm-hmm. And he under he said there are like psychologists and psychiatrists on hand purposely making them extremely addicting so they can sell more and this and that Mm -hmm. and I kind of know the inner workings of how this is and so I was like no video games no they're bad and here's why and my daughter of course had a freaking fit because all her friends play video games Mm -hmm. and then finally I was on ayahuasca one time (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it was like towards the end of the journey where it was more like I was reflecting on my life and just sort of getting these different downloads and insights and one of the insights was that almost like it seemed like advice from the plant medicine saying you should let your daughter play video games. And I was like, really? Wow. I don't know if I agree with that. And it kind of just, the the way it works is kind of hard to explain in words, but it float what floated into my awareness was like the idea that to her, she's connecting with her friends. Mm -hmm. She's, she's she's developing relationships with peers. And even though you don't like the video games, Vic, there's a greater good if you can open up to it. And I was able to see that. I was able to see, oh wow, you know, maybe for one, she'd probably grow up hating my guts if I yeah. just cut her off like that. Two, I can remember as a kid, like especially nine, 10, 11 years old, how much friendships matter, how that's like becomes like the biggest, most important thing. And God, if my parents, you know, didn't let me like see my friends like in that way, I mm-hmm. would have I would have had a sense that this is not right. I would have been very upset about it. So. Now we let her go on for certain amounts of yes, time, very limited it. amounts of uh-huh. time, and she appreciates it, and she's a freaking angel all day, knowing she gets to do it, and it's a reward, and then, you know, she gets off, and, then, and we go on a hike, and we do something to kind of balance out. Mm-hmm. So we found compromise. Another, another big issue I know a lot of parents battle is, like, homeschooling. Mm-hmm. and just becoming aware of how the, edu- the public education system is. I know I'm not a fan of it at all. Mm-mm. You know, I can see how much unessential knowledge is being crammed into their brain at a pace that's completely leaves no room for a creative or in- thought, independent thought or assimilation. And it's just like they're distracting them with all this stuff. Um, and I would see how our kids would come home. They'd come home after school just burnt out, just mm-hmm. sort of fizzled out, mentally spent and kind of in restless, agitated, overstimulated state. Now, with that said, we had our kids in school for quite a while. We, we, we very well might, again, going forward because, for one, it's very challenging to homeschool with three kids. Yeah. We don't really have the time or the patience. Um, and secondly... The, the the years that our kids were in school they made friends and they became kind of social and they dealt mm-hmm. with certain situations in in school that i think was overall beneficial for them
1: yeah yeah it's important for the it for like their social skills to be around kids their own age and and as far as homeschooling goes there are a lot of homeschool like groups and and things like that where you can go and connect with other families and and get um, friends for your kids in that way. Having said that, we didn't really do that, no. you know, um, when we were homeschooling. And now they have friends, so homeschooling is a second time around after they've been in school, you know is a little bit different because they are maintaining their friendships that they created in school. But, um, yeah, you ha- when you're homeschooling, you have to be really be active in seeking out friends for your kids to have that um, social interaction with their own peers.
0: Yeah. And, again, like the main theme is compromise and going with the flow. Like mm-hmm. There was a time where it, it seemed right for our family, for them to go into a school. There just happened to be a really good mm-hmm. school down the road. Literally, and- yeah. And We even though it was a public school and this and that, we I'm not I, I would definitely do things differently. But what am who am I to say? Regardless, it seemed at that time to be the wisest decision for everybody. Yeah, it and was. putting him in there, and it was, and the kids mm-hmm. made friends, and and this and that. Now they all have friends pretty much. Um, and now that the, the schools are pretty much shut down, and we we got a taste of what it was like for them staring at the Zoom thing all day. Yeah. We said, you know what, now is a good time to go back to the homeschooling. But we were just talking the other day, like, you know what, it will be nice when things open up. But we were, we're already kind of considering mm-hmm. putting them back in school. So I just think it's best to be open and, and to not let what you read or what you hear influence you too much. It's good to be educated. We mm-hmm. are about this stuff. But we also make our own choices and we have our own intuitive interpretation of everything. And as long as we go with the flow, the best move for all usually it's fairly obvious. It'll mm-hmm. kind of flow into your life. But if we're so rigid because it's something we read, which we were in the past, then we can cut ourselves off from that natural flow of things. And then moving on, you, anything you want to share? No. I wrote down education, which is not exactly what we've been talking about. What I mean is that one of the things I learned when I, when I uh, started doing my own inner work years ago before even really... Well, we had kids at the time, but anyway, one of the things I realized is that a lot of the things I wish I had—these innate qualities, confidence, self-love, worthiness, you know, uh, drive, uh, discipline, things like that—that that I, I can gather. Wow, these are valuable things to have in life. I realized that even if I didn't get it to at least as much as I thought I needed it for my own parents, for my own environment. I can seek out books and educate myself and and find other mentors that kind of help instill these values in me. So what I'm saying is that my parents did the best they could. And I'm not dogging on them at all. I think with what the situation they were given and how they were taught, they did a very fantastic job. But now I'm another generation and I have a, a new way of looking at things. And one of the ways I can become the best parent possible Patty's looking at me like, "What are you getting at, bro? Get to the freaking point." <laughs> is to educate myself. So me and Patty, or at least me, I read a lot of books about parenting. I've read many books. I'm reading one right now mm-hmm. called the The Five Love Languages. It helps you m- helps you you know improve your relationships with teenagers, which my 11 year old seems we'll like soon. she is. She's, yeah, <laughs> and we've read a lot of books. And then but and then you had something to share about that about uh you you look at the astrology of all the kids right
1: yeah so um one of the things that really helped me um with how to go about parenting the kids was actually like reading about their astrology and like learning the best way for them because each kid is so so different like our daughters really appreciates honesty And she's like, just, just give it to me straight, you know, and, and that's kind of like the energy that she has about things. And if you tell her in a logical way, you know, or in a way that she can understand something, she appreciates that and she can just, okay, I can digest that and like marinate with that. With the boys, they're a little bit more sensitive, so it's important to, to see like how their mind works the way that they think about things like Lucas is very analytical. And so he likes, he likes facts, but he also is a little bit more sensitive. So saying things differently than I would to Maya is important. And same with bash, you know, the, our youngest. Um, so, um, when I, when I, I've, I've always really been into astrology, but, it wasn't until I was pregnant with our youngest who is now five, um, because he's a Scorpio and I didn't know anything about Scorpios. And I always thought like, I don't get along with Scorpios and he's going to grow up hating me. So I was like, I need to understand Scorpios better. And I have so many friends that are Scorpios now too, cause I like understand them differently. And, um, and it's really beautiful but anyway it, it really helped me to understand the way that they process their emotions and that is really important when you're parenting Is like how do they process their emotions how do they go through um, their own inner turmoil or how do they problem solve you know and understanding those little aspects is really important i think personally
0: Nice. It's been very helpful. Yeah, I love it. And that's why I love polarity in our relationship because that's, that's not something that I gravitate towards at all. Mm-hmm. But I can totally see the value in, in understanding how the kids work and how their minds work. And then being able to have patience for certain things, like our daughter, she's like a, a Gemini, very stubborn. She's a Gemini, very, um, rising like Scorpio. sharp with her tongue. Yeah. And w- without that awareness that, oh, this is sort of one of her traits, yeah. then I could see where it would be. We, I would, anyway, see it as a problem to be cured. Right. But rather, it's like, we just need to manage that.
1: Yeah, and also, it, you know, understanding that, understanding the way that they operate, and also not breaking their will, to, you know, suit our needs, right? As a parent, like, okay, they need to listen, right? Well, you can get them to listen by navigating the way they process their emotions and the way that their brains operate. And and you can get them to, to do the things that you want if you know how to communicate with them. Yeah. And that's like a really, you know... Um, it, you know, for me, it's, it's been so incredibly helpful. And just like, as a side note, um, it also has helped me like understand you, you know, and how you operate too. Mm-hmm. Um, I got for Christmas this year, I got these, um, astrology books and, uh, it's, for, I think the website's birthdayco.com or something like that. And there are these books and they kind of go through like the, the very core um, things that really influence you the most. I mean, I'll, I'll, in all of astrology influences that, um, like your whole chart and all that. But it's—it is was easy to read and easy to understand. Um, so just as like a little side note, if you're interested in that, I saw it on Instagram and I bought it. And no, we're not getting any kickbacks. I'm just like kind of obsessed with these books. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, they're cool. Yeah, but, but all of this a lot of it was inspired by like when I started to become aware of just how much we're influencing our children. Mm-hmm. And it was very, in fact, I'm just finally, quite honestly, working myself out of the guilt. But it, it, it can be a hard thing when you really start to see your kids picking up your oh. own issues. <laughs> yeah, And like the more I've gone through this journey, the more I realize that's the case. And for the longest time I just, I was like, oh my God, I've, I felt so bad, so guilty. But just the, the fact is I'm not an enlightened person. I still have shadow work that needs to be done. And mm-hmm. I, I, all I can do is my best. Um, But anyway, part of me doing my best is not just blindly see or just seeing that and then dwelling in the guilt and saying, well, man, life is rough. It's okay. Well, what can I do? I can do my own work as quickly as I can do it, you know, and I can also educate myself and sort of reprogram my brain and and make myself a a wiser, more educated parent in both what you said, love, and then the way I do it. And I think the combination of that has been very, very helpful for Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then lastly, another big thing that I don't know. I think my parents did this a little bit, but I, I can suspect a lot of parents don't. But just being really honest—not mm-hmm. honest about there's there's the Illuminati and this and that. I mean, like honest, like about owning your mistakes. Yeah. Really fessing up when you mess up because our kids can. What I've realized is the kids can see that. They can see these little discrepancies in, in what we say and then what we do, and they can see they can they can very clearly see when when we. Had a lapse of judgment. But as parents, we're, we're the teachers, and it can be very it can be kind of humbling to admit that to a little kid. But I find that I do that all the time. Now I'll give an example. The other day, I don't remember what was going on, but it was one of those crazy days, and my son Lucas was being very challenging. Mm-hmm. And and even though over the years I developed so much more patience and tolerance for that, he just caught me in kind of a, a rare moment where I was like working something out in my head and he did something that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back and I just yelled at him. I was like, Luke, get in your room, you know, something like that. Nothing too violent or anything, but just, it was my tone and I know it surprised him. Uh So five minutes later, once I cooled off, I went in the room and I said, listen, man, I explained that I'm not, I said, on one hand, I needed to address what you did there, but I gave you way too much energy. I said, Luke, I've been, I've been kind of in a stressed out mood all day and I'm very sorry, but I but I admit I took it out on you right there, and you didn't deserve that. Yeah. and it was just, it was my own stuff, and I'm very sorry that you got the you had to bear the brunt of Dad's built up anger and had nothing to do with you. And let, let's come out and let's play some chess. And I'm very sorry, and I gave him a hug, and just they, I can tell even our young kids they appreciate that. Yeah, they're like wow. They're like, they knew that. My, even my seven-year-old, he knew that's what happened. He knew it was bullshit that I yelled at him so much. Or like so, with such a tone, I would say. Um, but when you admit that, it's like, they. I feel like there's a sense of trust. Like they can trust in our integrity, trust in our honesty. And I think that creates a really beautiful feeling of safety and and mutual respect mm-hmm. amongst the kids and parents.
1: Yeah, yeah, they definitely appreciate um the honesty and it also gives them permission to like if they don't agree with how you react that gives them permission to say you know what that's okay. i was right and they my parent you know as the child they fessed up to that so it's also okay to own your mistakes yeah you know that shows them the the power in of um of honesty and, and being accountable, being accountable for your own actions. And even though it's, it's not a huge thing in life, right? If you like say, oh, I'm sorry, I yelled at you. But to say, I'm sorry, you know, that is a really huge um, gift to give your child, I think. Because my Parents didn't really do that. Like they never they would overreact to things constantly, but they never really said, "Hey, you know what? I was stressed out about this. I am I'm sorry I shouldn't have taken it out on you. I love you." Done. That there's so much healing in that little 2-minute conversation that you have when you own your own mistakes, you know, and it allows for them to say, "Okay. Let's move on now."
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it also gives them a voice where they, they know, they truly know on a deep level that their opinion matters yep. and, and it means something and it, it can make a difference and it's it's validated. Yeah. And like I said, our we have a million issues still. We're not perfect. But one of the things that me and Patty have noticed is that our kids, when they're around other adults or they're around other just out there in public, they're extremely polite. Mm-hmm. They're fairly confident in being themselves. Although my 11 year olds going through the teenage stuff a little yeah. bit. But for the most part, <laughs> our kids are just very well, well adjusted people who know their truth and know their worth and know their power. Mm-hmm. And that's, if we can get, if we can keep that up, then man, I'll be, I'll be happy. Perfect. Far from it. But if they can go into life with that self worth, then I know they'll have good lives. They'll be happy. They'll, they'll know what they deserve They'll attract abundance and love and freedom, just as I, you know, hope for them.
1: Yeah. Also, I have something I'd like to share too. Um, it's I forgot to mention it during the like uh, doing your own inner work thing, but it ties in kind of here. Okay. Um. So, um, as many of you guys know, you know, I'm I'm doing like lots of di- I do these diets and I'm always you know drinking plant medicine and and doing a lot of deep inner work. And during one of my diets, I was doing a lot of um, uh, healing with my um, my father. And I was on the phone with my um, my teacher. And uh, I, I was saying, um, yeah, yeah, I know. And my dad just did the best that he, he could with what he had. And he, he thought he was, you know, um, um, doing what he was supposed to. And, you know, I'm just kind of like making excuses even though I was still hurting and my teacher said to me yes he did do his best and that's also it's also okay that it wasn't enough and I obviously I just started bawling my eyes out because it wasn't enough for me and so when I after I like processed and cleared some energy I had gone downstairs and it was just me and our my our oldest um and I said to her, I said, honey, I love you. And you know that I'm always just doing my best, but I want you to know that it's okay that if my best is not enough for you. And I literally saw her energy. She was like, (sighs) her energy just totally shifted. And being honest with them when you're doing the work and giving them permission to have their own feelings and and uh, be able to process their own emotions and saying that that's okay, even if I say I don't necessarily agree with it, but they have their own feelings and their feelings are valid and letting them know that their feelings are valid, being honest about when you, you are maybe not in your best state and reacting instead of responding, right? Mm-hmm. Um and those I think are the most important things, in my opinion, as far as like creating a, a strong human that knows who they are and is authentic with what they, what they feel they need and what they want in life.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, and, and being able to be um, clear your own shit so that they don't have to clear your shit they can clear their own shit and they're going to have their own things that they deal with as um, teenagers and adults, but they don't have to clear your shit too. Like right now, all the deep inner work that we've been doing and most of us adults are doing is shit that's like not ours, that we've absorbed from our parents or our grandparents or our pa- grandparents' grandparents. And, you know, and it's like all the this energy that we're clearing isn't even ours, most of it. And that when we do our own inner work that allows for them to only have to clear their side of the street Mm -hmm. you know be a
0: lot more free yep to be themselves yes yeah, and there's, there's one more thing that popped in my head too. Now we're just kind of going, just bouncing a uh, little, little random insights here, but it's probably unlikely we do another episode on this topic for a very long time. Yeah. So one last thing I'll say is one of the things I've been learning that's been very helpful and, and hard for me, but I'm doing it, is to encourage my kids to do things even though I know it's going to be like a mistake or a learning lesson. Like, or it's coming from a place of inauthenticity. Mm-hmm. Like they'll say, oh dad, I'm, I'm into this right now and I'm doing this and I can see that's not authentic to them. Mm-hmm. And in the past, I would sort of like, not tell them that bluntly, but I would I would have a look of disapproval. Like, oh, I can see that's not really you. Yeah. But what I'm learning is that I I want, I'm learning now from these books and and I can see the difference is that they want to just feel encouraged. Mm -hmm. They want to have the freedom to make their mistakes and play out their little, their little uh, life themes and lessons, even if I can anticipate it. And of course I can, I'm an adult. I've been through it, Mm -hmm. but they want to have that experience for themselves. Yeah. My parents were always trying to prevent me from, from failures and by, by in, in different ways and they meant well, and I mean, well too. And it's hard for me to shut that, shut up and bite my tongue and say, oh, that's awesome, honey. I'm rooting for you even though I know it's a a dead end or something.
1: Yeah. Well, I think too, it's like your, our parents' generation is the generation of like, you know, I did this and I know that it was hard for me. And so I don't want them to have to go through that same hardship. Right? Yeah. So to prevent that. But that's how we learn. Mm -hmm. Right? And my mom used to say, I'm just trying to save you. I'm just trying to save you and and help you. And I'm like, you can't. I said to her, I was like 16. I'm like, you can't save me from myself.
0: Yeah. Nobody wants to be saved. No.
1: And and I'm like, for me, I learned through my mistakes. I've made a shitload of mistakes. Oh. Hey, our cat. I don't know if you can hear him meowing, but he. we're in our garage and he just, Victor just let him in. So he's all excited because he's in here. He loves to like. Be in the yeah, garage. Be in the garage. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so cute. But anyway, yeah, I mean, um, I kind of think that it's important for them to make their own mistakes, you know? Yep. I learned so much and I grew up really fast, but at which could be good, could be bad, just depending on, you know, your own view. But I, <laughs> I learned so much from all the mistakes that I made. And if I hadn't been able to, I mean, not that my mom or dad could prevent me from doing that anyway, but you know, if I hadn't been able to make those mistakes, then I would be a lot different.
0: Yeah. It, honestly, a funny analogy. It reminds me of being in high school, and there were always those kids who were so sheltered, you know, that, like, they mm-hmm. could never go out. They could never, like, party or anything. And then I remember, like, when the college years came about, oh, God. they God. would Just, be so unpredictable. Oh. They would make the stupidest mistakes. They'd, they'd get drunk and fall out a window. All these wild, naive mistakes these kids would make because they weren't... They were sheltered so much and protected that mm-hmm. once mommy and daddy are out of their lives, they're, these, they're very naive and very green, wet behind the ears mm-hmm. as they go through life. So I think there is something to be said for letting them, you know, there's of course limitations to that when mm-hmm. we f- per- see the danger, of course, mm-hmm. but I think it's good for them to, to gain their own wisdom, to gain their own experiences so they have that natural confidence based upon their, their own experience, not what mommy and daddy told them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway... I say we should wrap this up. Love Are you about ready?
1: Um, yeah, I don't know.
0: One more random thing just came to me. No, i <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I'm
1: just feeling into it and it feels like there's another thing coming in. <laughs> Give me about five minutes. <laughs> Let me I just sit here and meditate for five minutes. <laughs>
0: no. All right, my friend, we won't hold you up. We're just being goofy now. It's like seven in the morning. We're going to go, uh, I don't know. Do whatever. Have
1: some more coffee. <laughs> you
0: will. Yeah, I'm going to go do something else. But anyway, my friend, it was good to be back. I hope you're doing fantastic. I wish you all nothing but the best. Yes. Good luck. You folks, your parents out there. Yeah. And I will be in touch. Much love.
1: Much love. Namaste.
0: Bye. Bye. Peace.
1: Namaste again.